to you, whatever the day might be. I'm hoping it's a great one. It's actually early in the week this week as we get together here at the well. I'm so glad to have you along for the next 15 or 20 minutes. We're going to talk about how to live wisely and faithfully in this wonderful world that God has given us, but it can be a challenge. So I got a question for you. Have you ever had this dream of just taking a month and going on some kind of spiritual pilgrimage, some kind of long getaway, almost like a mini sabbatical, and just spending time alone with God and in community with other people. Have you ever had that dream? Because I certainly have. And this week we have someone who actually not only had that dream, but she also lived that dream. She walked the Camino de Santiago. Have you ever heard of the Camino de Santiago? I had not before my good friend, Laura Rasmussen, who is their Presbyterian minister. She's from Omaha, Nebraska, but she has served pastorates out in Bel Air, out in Los Angeles, and in Charlotte, North Carolina, and she's currently living in Paris, France. And Laura, it is a treat to have you here. I'm so glad to have you with me today. Uh, thanks, John. It's great to be here at the well with you and all those else, uh, all those other people that are gathered hey, here. Well, we're glad you're with us. Now, Laura, we got to first of all. I mean, I have this whole. It's not FOMO. What is it? Whenever you're, I don't want to say I'm jealous. It's not the fear of missing out. I'm just having this moment of. All right, I'm going to confess a little envy here that you literally took. 30 or 40 days, and did a spiritual pilgrimage. And so first of all, just explain to us, what is the Camino de Santiago? Yeah, the Camino de Santiago is a series of trails that really start all around the world, but predominantly in Europe. And they all lead to the city in, in western Spain called Santiago. And in Santiago, they believe they have the remains of the St. James really? body there. And so people throughout the last, oh... 10 centuries, last thousand years, people have been doing this pilgrimage uh, to go there on a spiritual quest. It originally started as a way for people who were seeking repentance and forgiveness from the church. Really? They would be advised by their priests to, to walk the Camino okay. uh, in forgiveness, and then they would be given a certificate at the end saying that their sin was forgiven. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Is that why you did it? Oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> to see that certificate what it looks like. My, my priest saw me driving my car too, <laughs> too much and knew that the Santiago was the only way. <laughs> I like it. So for all those years, people started walking it really as sort of a way to deal with their sins and their fallenness. And But now why are they walking it? For, for um, the same reason now. Well, some are, yeah. There's definitely some that are. It's not prescribed by the church anymore to walk it in mm -hmm. repentance, but there's definitely those that are, are drawn to it for that experience. Um, some are drawn to it for spiritual enlightenment. They mm -hmm. want to have time that's uh, just uninterrupted with God. Some are uh, walking it in grief and sorrow. They mm -hmm. have lost a, a loved one and just want to have that time to, to walk out their, their grief and to yeah carry memories of the loved one. Some are cultural um, enthusiasts. They want to experience the, the culture of northern Spain, adventurous, uh, people who are um, looking for fitness and exercise. Really? Yeah. So how would it differ from just like walking the Appalachian Trail? What is it about the Camino that makes it a spiritual experience? Well, the, the end goal for, for mm -hmm. people that are walking it is the cathedral, the okay. uh, Compostelo de Santiago. And so it is that that idea of walking the way of James, because history, gotcha. um, at least legend says that James walked that uh, walked to Santiago. Gotcha. And that's where his remains are. And so that people are walking that way in remembrance of him, um, in 
adoration and devotion to God. Okay. Are there any, is it kind of a program thing where there are like stops along the way that you, I'm just imagining like a labyrinth or something that has, you know, certain things that you say and do, or is it just kind of, hey, you're just on your own out here, understand you're walking this path, or is it, is there some kind of program, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there, um, there's as much structure for it as you would want it to be. That's the word I was looking for. Structure. Yeah. yeah. So, um, like for, for some people, they'll go with an organized group okay. and, uh, they'll have all their stops mapped out. They'll know how far they're going to walk each day, where they're going to stay that night. Um, they may even have their bags, uh, shipped ahead of them if, they're physically not capable or just not comfortable carrying their, their bags themselves, their backpack. But for others, they just set out one footstep at a time, not really knowing where the day is going to take them. And, really? um, yeah. So, well, now tell us, how does a pastor from Charlotte, North Carolina, end up walking the Camino? I mean, what was your, what was your process or your mindset of, this is this is something I want to do. Yeah. What happened? You know, I was trying to remember when I first learned about the Camino, mm-hmm. and I, I can't put my finger on the the moment I first heard about it, but it's always just been in my thought process of uh, someday I really want to do the Camino, and um, for whatever reason I just assumed it would be when I was in my retirement age, and I, I got to a point in my life where I knew it was time for me to move mm-hmm. on to something next, and I, I wasn't quite sure what that was, and I. <laughs> Turned on PBS, <laughs> and I don't mean for this to be a Rick Steves commercial, but uh, <laughs> I turned on PBS and Rick Steves had one of his travel shows okay. and was doing the Camino. And I just sat there and I was like, man, I got to do that sometime. I really want to do that sometime. When's going to be the right time in my life to do it? And it was just like this light bulb moment for me where I was like, now, now is the perfect time for me to do it. I'm healthy. I'm spiritually um, curious and, and just in love in my relationship with God. And so I, you know, was wanting to, to experience it. So I, I took that step of faith and, um, well, first started to discern it. And as I discerned it, the more I thought about it and the more I prayed about it, the more I, I really felt God was inviting me to walk this Camino in mm-hmm. friendship with him. Wow. So for me, it was a walk of friendship with God. Um, you seized the day, didn't you? You just uh, said, I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah, it was one of the scariest. Someday, 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 and you. Yeah, and I mean, it. Granted, it was probably the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. How so? What were some of the elements of it that made it a scary thing? Um. Well, I I was making some big steps. Like I was uh, resigning from a call that I felt loved in and that I Mm, loved the people of. Um. I was selling my house. I was um, stepping into the unknown of what the future was going to be. So that, that, in a nutshell, was a big step. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also just the idea of traveling to another continent, another country, a language that I just knew how to ask for, like a beer or where the bathroom is. Right. Essentially. Which often go hand in hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and water. I could ask for water, too. Um, and so, like, yeah, submerging myself into a culture that I didn't mm-hmm. know the language right. and walking the whole time. So it wasn't like yeah. I was in a car. But I would be on my feet with everything I needed on my back. So what I know is I'm listening to you. I'm wanting to know, tell me what something significant or a significant experience you had in your relationship with God that um, was a result of, of walking this community. Yeah. Um, the more I reflect on it, the more I'm unpacking it still. And this was wow. over a year ago that I completed the, the Camino. Mm-hmm. 
um, there was something really powerful in the momentum of just walking with God for me. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't feel like I needed to have everything figured out or mapped out, um, that I just was being asked by God or invited by God, really, uh, to just walk each day with Him mm-hmm. and to not worry about the details of the day. So early on in my Camino, um, the first day, really, I made the decision that I wasn't going to schedule um, any of my stays on the Camino. So mm-hmm. I wasn't going to call ahead and reserve a bed. And that was that was a big step for me uh, to make a big decision to make because the Camino is growing in popularity and the time of year I went was a really popular time. So there is the potential of um, not being able to find a bed in the albergue, the hostel mm-hmm. you want to stay in, or maybe even the town you're planning to stay in. So a lot of people felt the the stress and even the fear of not finding a bed. So they would call and schedule their beds either the day or two or three days before mm-hmm. or a week. And um, I, I felt this this deep sense in my in my soul with God that this was a time for me to to trust the friendship with him and to trust that we were going to walk it together and that I would find what I needed when I would need it. And so every day I, I found a bed um, that I needed. I wouldn't always know where I was going to stop and I would just have that sense when it was the right time to stop, to stop. And some days the albergue, the, the hostel I would stop at, I would get the very last bed. Um, There was only one time that I didn't find a bed when I was looking for it. And there was none in the the small city I was stopping in or the Mm -hmm. the large town. And I knew I wanted to do a rest day the next day. So this uh, really kind man called to this other town and in Spanish booked the the room for me for two nights there. And it was this really cool village in this uh, Middle Ages. Like it was over a thousand-year-old village on this hillside. Um, tiny town, and the the hotel I stayed in was um, for the, for the Camino standards was plush, but for mm-hmm. like for American standards, it was it was a decent basic hotel. Yeah. But they had a swimming pool, and I just was able to chill and relax. So it was even better than what I had planned. Wow. So it was interesting. What felt like a a deterrence or a um, a setback actually turned out to be a greater blessing. Yeah. So you were refreshed. You. Had your relationship with God deepened through trust and just kind of letting go and letting God kind of take the reins. You appreciated the beauty of his creation. Oh, yeah. You know, you keep using the phrase friendship with God. And for some of our um, folks who might be listening, that might be a, a different phrase. I mean, we talk about our relationship with God or God is our father, or Christ our brother. But as, as you talk about friendship with God, how do you define that? Or what does that mean that you say, I have a friendship with God? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's a a big part of, um, my heart these, these, these last couple of Uh years with God. Um, there's this, I think, um, the way I would describe it with God is the way I would describe it with, well, with you, Sean, and and you and AJ, uh, your wife and, and with other close friends, there's, there's a trust in knowing that there's, well, a recipro- reciprocity. Can you pronounce that word reciprocity? better? Reciprocity. Thank you. Okay. I'm here to help. <laughs> See, that's a friend. <laughs> there's, yeah, reciprocity. There's, yeah. yeah, there's there's a mutuality in the mm-hmm. relationship. Um, that there's a, a sense of knowing that one is endeared to the other one. Yeah. Oh, I love that, that Laura. There's um, a respect one has right. with the other, each other. Yeah. Um, there's a trust that. 
you're always looking out for the best interests of the other one. Yeah. But even though when the other one may be going in directions that wouldn't be the directions you would right. choose, um, you still stay in that that. There's a faithfulness and a that loyalty. Love. Yeah. yeah, and that love and that companionship. Right. Companionship, like staying uh, staying side by side. Yeah, you know, I, I think there was, I can't remember when it was in my life, but at one point I was introduced to the concept that, that I can actually bless God. Mm. I was always, you know, God's the one who blesses. And when we worship, we're receiving from God. And then I don't know when it happened, but just I had this moment of, you know, God is blessed by our companionship as well. Yeah. And our praise and our love. Oh, and certainly. our adoration. Yeah. Well, as we start to kind of wind up here, what would you say to anyone who's thinking, you know, I really need some kind of, some kind of spiritual experience like the Camino. Yeah. Uh, any advice you would give them or any... Just oh, any insights or tips? Definitely. I would say if anybody has like whatever bit of, of inkling in their, their heart or mind to do something like this, mm -hmm. to trust that nudge. I think really? God is the one that gives us those nudges and mm -hmm. that he gives them to us for particular reasons. Mm -hmm. We all have our own unique and intimate relationships and hopefully friendships with God. That when there's, there's something they're stirring, I really think that's something that God is doing. And by stepping out and doing something like this, I think it opens us up to a different type of dialogue, a different type of conversation mm -hmm. we can have with God yeah. um, and with ourself. It opens us up to different perspectives. And at least for me, I can only speak for myself with this, but maybe many others can relate. I can get into a rut and easily I can get yeah. into a routine which can become a rut of mm -hmm. how I always expect God to talk with me or experience God to interact with me. And doing something like this allows me to open myself up to the vastness and the mystery and the all-powerfulness of yeah. God. And I, I would say that there's, yeah, there, there's... Look for the nudge. Look for the nudge. And if definitely. you feel that, yeah, the Holy Spirit absolutely does that and uh, prompts us in different ways. Hmm. Any other, you know, Last minute tips for anyone who's just kind of having this feeling. You've talked about feeling nudged by God, going with it, trusting that. Um, yeah, there's you know there's a, a a saying that was popular on the Camino, and I would say it, it is compatible for life outside of the Camino, the official walk of the mm -hmm. Camino as well. People would always say to each other, "Walk your own Camino," and so that meant that everybody should give themselves permission to to walk their own journey. Right. And so yeah. if there are days that you need to walk long and hard and be in your head and have the tears coming down, then you do it. If it's a day that you need to, to be around people and laugh and joke and have more time at coffee than maybe on your feet walking, then you do it. You, you trust what your Camino is. And then in the, the other side of that coin, to allow others to walk their own Camino as well. And so if there's people that are walking it in a way that you may not personally have walked you're mm -hmm. chosen to walk yourself you still give that that respect and that dignity and that um that welcomeness that hospitality yeah. for others to walk their camino in their own way mm -hmm. and so I, I loved that and that experience but i think that's also a, a great mantra for just life in general yeah. that it's as we uh kind of close here i want to i just i'm curious what would you say the greatest surprise you experienced on the camino was what it because, you know, we tend to be so, at least I do, so heavily programmed and heavily regimented. Sometimes I don't even leave room for surprise. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, and I think a lot of us are like that. 
and I'm just wondering when we make room for God and we, you know, like you say, I, I didn't have an agenda. I let people walk their Camino. I walk mine. When you were doing that, was there anything that God said to you or revealed to you that was just so surprising? You're like, I had no idea that was coming. Hmm. So, yeah, um, there was a moment I had where um, I really experienced the presence of God in a, in a really um, significant way. It was almost where I felt like I could reach out and touch God. And I felt um, this question well up inside of me. Um, and I, I believe God was asking me, what is it that I want in my life? What mm-hmm. is it that do I want? And I remember just the, having goosebumps when, when the question came to me. And so I knew what I wanted, um, but I didn't feel like it was the right answer or the good enough answer for God. So I went with what, in my mind, I was rationalizing as the wiser, more Christian-y um, answer to give to God and mm-hmm. being that, that, you know, that holy, do everything right, just the way God wants it done type mm-hmm. of person. And when I started to give that answer, I felt the presence of God start to withdraw from me. Really? And it wasn't like anger. It wasn't hatred. It wasn't um, it, it God punishing me. It was just that that presence started to, to lessen. How does that feel? And I mean, for those of us who, maybe I, maybe I should know what it feels like. Maybe it happens to me all the time. I well, don't know. I, I, I think what? for everybody, it's a unique experience. Yeah. So like how it happens for me may be very different than how it happens for right. you. Uh, for me, it would be like if I had a blanket that was put on me and it was mm-hmm. this, this comfortable, warm blanket. Right. And then all of a sudden, somebody started to pull that blanket off of me. Okay. That was what it started to feel like, really? is that somebody was starting yeah. to pull that blanket off of me. And I didn't want to lose that blanket. So as I was saying what I thought God wanted me to say, but feeling that that blanket being pulled off on me, <laughs> I had this moment where I was just like, okay, I, I can't give the artificial answer. I can't give the what I think everybody or what I think God wants to hear from me answer. Mm-hmm. I need to give my answer. And so then I remember in my soul, I was crying out, okay, God, okay, oh God, oh God I'm going to be real. I'm going to be real. Come back, come back, come back. <laughs> and did God? And I felt the blanket stay in place. Uh, I felt that presence yeah. stay in place. And then it just came rushing out of me, um, just what it was that my heart was longing mm. for. And so I, I put it out there uh, with God. And I, I felt the warmth of that, that presence. I felt the... Yeah that physical presence with me for a while. And I just walked into owning for myself what it was that I really wanted. And um, yeah, and then shortly after that, I started to see signs of, of that happening. God was going to provide that. Yeah, that yeah. it was coming alive in my life. As you're talking, I'm thinking about Jesus. He would say, what do you want me to do for you? Yes, exactly. And, and, you know, and let people name that. Yeah. He yeah. knew what they needed, and he knew what he wanted to do for them. You know, but he still asked. Yeah. Well, Laura, this is a real treat for me personally to be with a great friend. And uh, thank you for spending some time with us. Maybe the next time we get together, you can tell us what it is you said to God that you wanted. And maybe that's going to be happening in the future. I would welcome that conversation. All right. (laughs) Well, thanks a million. Hope everyone has a great week. And next week, we'll see you again. All right. Thanks, Sean. Uh Bye-bye.